Would you pray with me? Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes and open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. A woman lays in bed with a fever, and she is sick. Her family is concerned, and the disciples go and tell Jesus about her. They go and they visit, and they go and see her, and Jesus, taking her hand in his, then lifts her up, and her fever goes away. This is a healing story. It is the first healing story in the Gospel of Mark, and as is so often the case with Jesus, there is more to the story than meets the eye. When the Bible says that Jesus lifts her up, the story uses the same word that is used to describe the resurrection of Jesus. You see, at the end of Mark's gospel, Jesus is crucified and buried in a tomb, and there are three women who go to find the body of Jesus. And there they meet an angel who says to them, He is not here. He has been raised. The same word is used to say that Jesus is raised as the word that has been used to say that Jesus lifted this woman up. And where there is illness, evil, social sickness, even death, the Gospels tell us that Jesus comes to people and lifts them up where they are raised and where they experience God's resurrection. You see, throughout the Gospel of Mark, Jesus comes to people who are sick, hurting, isolated, and he lifts them up. He raises them up. When Jesus encounters the paralytic man, Jesus says, Arise, take your mat, and walk. To the one with the withered hand, Jesus says, Arise, come forward. To the synagogue leader's daughter who lay dead, Jesus goes to her and says, Little girl, arise. To the blind man, Jesus says, Take courage, get up, arise. Again and again, where hope seems lost, Jesus comes into a situation. People encounter Jesus, and there is resurrection. Jesus lifts people to life. Jesus heals. Jesus restores. Now, any time that we talk about healing in a theological sense, we enter into some rather complex territory. There are times in our lives when we need healing, when we want healing, 
And there are times when we long for healing or are desperate for healing. And there are times when we can participate in healing. And there are times when we are powerless to heal. The trouble with healing stories is that so much of the world and so many of us are simultaneously hopeful and skeptical. Skeptical because healing is something that so often does not happen by our understanding or our timeline or in a way we need or want it. But hopeful. Hopeful because it is something that we desire to happen either to ourselves or someone who we hold so very, very dear. This kind of thinking around healing can be troublesome because it makes the focal point of healing about us. It makes the focal point of healing about something human when healing is really about a power that belongs to God. Trying to carry the weight of understanding and action about something that is really a mystery of God is more than any individual or group of people can or should bear. We cannot explore the ways that God heals in Scripture or in our lives without considering the wide range of ways that God's healing may be experienced or even known. You see, God comes to us in so many different states of our own frailty. Yes, healing can mean our bodies, but it can also be for our relationships that are strained or are broken. Addiction requires a particular kind of healing. Heartbreak, grief, loss, all need healing. Healing is required when our behaviors do not reflect our intentions or our character. We need healing when our political lives create division or divisiveness rather than seeking the common good. We need healing when we assume that we are always right We need healing when the economic inequality of our world holds down some while setting others apart. We need healing when we lose faith in each other or when our trust is broken. We need healing in families and in friendships. We need healing in our bodies and our institutions. We need healing sometimes even in our own religion when it damages ourselves or others. Healing in today's scripture tells us, reveals that it is bound up entirely in an activity of resurrection which is created, which is made, which is authored by Jesus Christ. And this kind of miraculous healing is is beyond human power. People can, though, This story shows people can support the opportunity to experience this resurrection-oriented healing. The disciple shows us the way. 
You see, Peter is a great model of what people in the church are called to. As faithful as he was, Peter was flawed. He was imperfect. The Gospel of Mark loves to tell us over and over again, poor poor Peter, the disciple who failed Jesus as often as he did, struggled always because he longed to share the grace of Christ that he knew so well. And in a sense, he was like any one of us. And in this story, Peter did not try to heal his mother-in-law. Rather, he brought Jesus to heal her. He named the potential of what Christ might mean for another person and then opened the door for that opportunity, bringing Jesus right to her bedside, where Jesus then lifts her up. Another pastor offered this reflection about Peter in this story. He writes, he cannot heal her. That is not Peter's role. Rather, his role is to bring the woman into contact with Jesus and then step back and pray. And that role is important, one which is often given to church folks. We feel so powerless to make a difference, to introduce someone to faith, to transform life, to heal a wound. We feel powerless because generally we are powerless. But rather, he writes, our role is to bring people into proximity with Jesus, to invite them into his presence, and to trust and pray that the transforming love and power will make the difference. As the church, we can offer presence and connection and contact with Christ's transforming love, and that love can heal. The act of bringing ourselves and our neighbors into contact with Christ can heal our relationships, our divisions, our forgiveness, our heartache, our fear, our brokenness, so that we can trust in the possibility that new life can come even to us. As faithful as we might be, Sometimes we need others to bring us into the proximity of Jesus. Healing is not permanent. After all, we can break again. It is an ongoing need that we have this kind of healing in so many different ways and in so many different times in our lives. So what comes next? What happens when someone like Peter or someone like you or I help someone come into this kind of contact with Christ? What happens after God lifts people up? Where does the paralytic man go? Where does the one with the withered hand go? What comes next in that little girl's life what does the blind man do with his new sight? 
What does Simon Peter's mother-in-law do now that Jesus has lifted her up? Now, in most instances, the Bible does not actually say much about what happens next. At least, not outright. It gives us some strong clues, though. And after Peter brings Jesus to his mother-in-law, and after Jesus lifts her up, this healed woman gives us a context for what we can expect. You see, after she responds to this experience of being healed, she plays the role of being a deacon. When the Bible says she serves, it uses the biblical word that gives the church the concept of being a deacon. As one who has been healed, she now belongs and has entered into the company of those disciples who support others with compassion in order that they too may encounter Christ. That whatever struggles they face, she joins the company of those who helps bring them into contact, into proximity with that power that Jesus has to raise people up. And what scripture reveals is that once this illness leaves her, she returns to being herself, the woman who God called her to be so that she may act with care and with hospitality and with compassion as a deacon in Christ. When God lifts a person up, God raises them up, they are called to guide others toward the place where they too may be lifted up to meet this kind of new life. One might say that in responding like this, we, we practice resurrection, as the poet has said. Jesus did not wait for death or crucifixion to introduce resurrection through his ministry. And so, too, the church does not wait for the grave to practice resurrection in our community or in the life of the world. You see, it is a part of our entire lives, whether it is at church or at home or any other place where we share life with other people. And we can be lifted up to release ourselves from our resentments. We can open our hearts to people who need us. We can be lifted to forgive and be forgiven. We can serve. We can extend our care. We can offer welcome always because of what Christ has offered us. And we must remember this, that it is always Christ our Lord who makes these things possible, even if it happens through us. The first step toward any kind of authentic healing is the recognition that it is bigger than ourselves. None of us are the one in charge, after all. There is a piece of wisdom that the late hosts of 
Jeopardy, Alex Trebek gave to his interim successor that I think offers a bit of guidance to us when we consider how we follow like the disciples, like Peter, in this path of helping people experience God's activity of lifting up. Trebek's interim successor, Ken Jennings, said that one of the last pieces of advice that Trebek gave him was that he's not the star of the show. Trebek said that he was not the star of the show. The host is not the star of Jeopardy. And Jennings said Trebek always made it about the players and about the competition, and it's just so hard to imagine, Jennings said, that in the TV landscape of today, a star of his size saying the game is not about you, but that was great advice. If we want to experience and see healing in our lives and in the life of the world around us, it begins by remembering that it is Christ who brings resurrection. And it is Christ who brings healing. But it is the church. It is the faithful who by the power of God's Spirit help to share with others that faith and that context in which we know God can heal, that God can transform and renew. It is the responsibility of the faithful to help others come into contact with a God who lifts people up. So may you go from worship today knowing that you, like Peter, can help point to the healing presence of Christ our Lord. And may it bring you grace knowing that it may bring others grace too. To God be the glory today and always. Amen.